0: So again, dear brothers and sisters, happy and blessed Christmas to you all. And uh, again, welcome back to those who have who've been abroad or been away and have come back for uh, a couple of days with their families. It's great to see ye. Um, so here in Holy Family, part of what we do with our young people each day is we, we try to learn a bit of the, the catechism. And it can be very interesting uh, what we hear or what we we what people think basically what our young people might have heard or might have misinterpreted about things so remember i asked one of the girls once um so can you just explain to me what the uh the assumption of our lady into heaven what what does that mean i said yeah well uh, this means that we um you know we we assume our lady is in heaven is it (laughs) no 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 that's not not what it means no it means she was she was drawn up but it doesn't mean we assume she's in heaven okay she was assumed into heaven uh, and then one of the girls, uh, just just last week, actually, um, she was just saying, she was saying, "Father, I just don't get it." Like, and I said, "What don't you get?" It? She said, "I just, I mean, how how was Joseph able to accept like that Mary did the dirt on him?" Do you get it? All right? No, well, see, Mary didn't do the dirt on Saint Joseph. Like, uh, it, you know, it's a different kind of a thing. It's it's God intervening. It's not it's not marital marital infidelity or anything like that. You know, so often. Often, when it comes to our faith, there are things that we don't understand or things that we find maybe difficult to get, our, to get our heads around. Park that for a sec. Any Formula One fans here? Good man. All right. Now, you might have heard of Mick Schumacher. Now, you wouldn't have known his father, not that we knew him personally, but we would have been around when his dad used to race. So, Michael Schumacher, one of the greatest Formula One uh, racers of all time, just a, an absolutely amazing driver, has been more or less surpassed, I think, in all of his records now. By the present Mercedes team and Lewis Hamilton, but okay. But imagine every time you get into a car, and I can imagine this must, it must be what it's like for him. Every time he gets into a car, every time he goes to race, people are always going to compare him to who? To his dad. Every time, every time he races, every time he wins. Oh well, no, Michael Schumacher when he used to race here back in Spain, he used to always manage that car. And Mick now is going after going a bit wide. Or imagine, like maybe actors, like you know Kiefer Sutherland, whose father is Donald Sutherland, again a very well-known actor. Any kind of any field where, as a son, you try to do something that your father—this probably happens actually in farming as well, you know, Um, where you know your dad used to farm this land and and, and, and do certain things and grow certain crops and maybe have a certain amount of success, win a certain number of prizes for bulls, who knows what—and then the son comes along. Uh, Who are they going to compare the son to? Always to the father. Right to the father, so you you constantly live in in that shadow, right? In the the shadow of 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 your dad. And I think maybe that that this idea creeps into maybe more of our hearts than we might recognise. This question of of am I good enough? Am I good enough? It's it's an interesting question that that I think. Uh, as I say, it probably, probably remains more unanswered in our hearts than we might realise. Am I good enough? I was just saying d- during the week, to our young people there, that uh, I, I used to think when I, was, when I was a kid, when I was in school, I used to think that all adults had it together. I used to think that once you kind of got over 25, 30, you had your degree, you had your car, you had your house, you had your family, and all was good. So I thought adults had it all together. Now, as I get a wee bit older myself, I begin to see that, no... Us adults, we, we have as many complications, insecurities, and, and, and all sorts of problems, just like our younger counterparts. And this question, I think, is a really fundamental one. Am I good enough? Because if I don't believe I'm good enough, then I will try and distract myself, or I'll try and drink myself into numbness, or I'll try to, I'll find some addiction, some way to pass the time, something to do, something to throw myself into, <coughs> so that... I can begin to feel good enough. You know those, what's it called? The 27 Club. Um, Famous people who ended their lives at the age of 27. Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, (coughs) others. uh, Who had global success. Very, very quickly. Known by millions of people. Millions of fans. Who might might even say that they loved that person. But ultimately, if, if a person doesn't feel loved by the person they want to be loved by they can begin to ask themselves that that fundamental question. Am I good enough? And if the answer is no, then then life can begin to become pretty miserable pretty quickly. Am I good enough? The Christmas message tells us something very, very important. The the reality of Christmas tells us something very, very important. That not only are are we good enough, we are infinitely loved infinitely loved by God now that can be hard to believe or give much credence to if maybe I wasn't loved by my parents or if I was rejected by my mom or my dad or if I was always uh, compared to my older brother who was always better than me uh, and this kind of insecurity still remains there somehow you know it might seem like little consolation to think that well at least God loves me but this is where our faith comes in, like, do I see God as my father? Our readings and our gospel today speak often about God as as father. God never said to any angel, you're my son. He never said that to an angel. He, He did say it to us. Today I have become your father. I will be a father to you and you a son to me. That's what the father says. And then he so loves the world. He loves the world so much that he gives us Jesus, his only son, so that whoever believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. This is the love of the Father. So this the Christmas story is, is the next chapter in this unfolding of this great love story between God and humanity, spending all of eternity trying to win our hearts, trying to win our affection, trying to win our attention at times. And so he comes in the most harmless form possible a little baby so nobody can say that I'm, I'm, I'm intimidated by God or God is far away and distant he's, he's not he was he was born in a trough and no one can say God doesn't care and God doesn't know what it means he doesn't know what it's like to be me he doesn't know what it's like to suffer he doesn't, doesn't know what it's like to go through all the stuff that we go through every day because he's up there happy out in heaven well he, he does because in that humanity in that human nature in that human body he brought it to the cross. So he knows what it's like to suffer grief when St. Joseph passed. He knows what it's like to be rejected, to be alone, to be unwanted, to be misunderstood, to be laughed at, spat at. He knows it all. More than us. So this, so this Christmas story, it's, it's, it's not just, it's, it's nice that there's a, you know, an occasion for gift giving and families coming together, but there's something so much deeper going on here as well. This is God trying to win your heart regardless of what age you are. This is your father trying to win your attention regardless of what age you are. This is our Heavenly Father trying to draw the family back together. And in doing so to to heal us, to heal our wounds, to heal our insecurities and our hurts and all that goes on. So in this Christmas season we call Jesus in a particular way the the light of the world. And I'm not sure if there's any of us here who don't need a little more light in their lives think what a grace it is to be to be able to invite god in and uh and allow him to enlighten and give give light and joy to those parts of our heart that are that are deeply deeply wounded or lost or hurt one of our girls here a couple of years ago um she was a party animal loved the old socializing and um i think she was quite liked by the boys as well and uh while she was here, she had a good faith before she came. But While she was here, she started to allow it to actually enter. She started to allow this relationship with the Lord to enter her heart. And um, and just last night, uh, she, just, she sent me a message. We're just, just exchanging Christmas, Christmas greetings and that. But just, just listen to how profound a 26-year-old can be. As in, I, I mean... I can't go into the details, like, but if if you if you knew her when she was young, you wouldn't expect to hear this kind of thing out of her mouth. Uh, but she wrote, "I always think, what will God say to me in my judgment? Will my hands be be empty? Or if someone threatened me, would I defend him? I don't know. But all we can do is try our best with His help, and let those around us feel loved, and die daily to ourselves." Even when we're ridiculed. It's worth it in the end. And I try to remind myself every day that this earth is not my home. See how how deep that is. I try to remind myself every day this earth is it's not my home. This, is, this isn't where I'm supposed to be forever. That's where I'm called to be. So today in this season of Christmas and this wonderful uh, solemnity we invite the Lord, the light of the world into our hearts and into all those those parts that need healing, those parts that, that, that need love, all those areas where we feel that we're not loved or not lovable, or not good enough. We ask the Lord to heal them all, so that He may truly be the light of our world. Amen.